And friends, our third lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. Hear once again the word of the Lord. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father, who is in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there's a song that we've been singing on Sunday that might be familiar to some of us in this room. It's a song that we've been singing, right, as our children make their way out to Sunday school. And the words of the song, they go like this. You might remember them. They go something like, there's nothing you can do to keep God from loving you. Nothing you can do or say will change that love in any way. A lot of folks have tried, but he came to earth and died and rose to make his love complete and send our sin down to defeat. He's such a friend, I must repeat, there's nothing you can do. And that, of course, we we sing every week because that's the message of the gospel, right? We want that to be instilled in our bones. We want that to be instilled in our children. There's nothing that you can do to keep God from loving you. And I've been thinking about this message for a good and long time, especially as we've been singing it and we've done it in creative camp for a few years. That's kind of how that song came to pass. And it's true. It's true. And the Bible validates that. It's true that there's nothing that we can do to keep God from loving us. Perhaps a truer message has actually not been spoken. However... What I've realized is that there is actually a whole lot that we can do to keep love a stone's throw away from us. There is a lot that we can do to stop love from coming into our lives. There is a lot that we can do to keep it at an arm's distance so that we keep ourselves safe and distant and disconnected. You see, we cannot change God's mind about us. We cannot change God's decision to love us no matter what. We don't have the power to stop God's love from entering into our lives even at the darkest moment. But we do have some amount of control and power over letting ourselves be loved, over letting ourselves believe that we are actually loveable, and letting ourselves remain 
in the sight line of love's gaze. And I have come to think that this is the work of Lent. As you may have read in our newsletter, when I reflect on the season of Lent, I call us to remember the road to salvation, that that's really what Lent puts us on. Ash Wednesday, of course, as we know, marks those 40 days, with the exception of Sundays, that bring us to the cross, to the season of Holy Week, and then, of course, ultimately to Easter Sunday. It's a call to remember the road to salvation. But salvation is ultimately a healing word. It's ultimately a word about healing. We still have that word in our culture, and I just, I hope that we, I want to exhort us to reach into it and find it, this word salve which is actually still a medicinal word, right? That's used for bringing healing to the different parts of us for a wound that might need a particular healing touch. Salve is the word salvation just put in a different tense, in a different form. And I think perhaps that as we think about this word salvation, we need to begin to interchange it with words like healing and wholeness, because it is a salve that restores. And the work of salvation is the work of knowing that we are rooted in God's love for us and God's love for the world, and that is a love that restores, that heals. But we have to let it happen. And at the end of the day, this is all that really matters. Because the awareness of our own mortality, when we all come forward to receive our ashes today, the awareness of our own mortality is not meant to bring fear, but it's meant to bring alignment. Who are we? Who loves us? Who do we belong to and to whom do we belong? Those are the questions that are wrapped up in human existence. And so when we feel those ashes go over us, yes, we need to be aware of our death because we are finite beings. But the story is so much bigger than that, and God's love is so much bigger than that. Perhaps Ash Wednesday is an invitation to remember and to ask ourselves, shall we come to the end of our days full of anxiety and frustration? Or instead, shall we come to the end of our days with the satisfaction of knowing that we have been loved and we have offered back that love back into the world as often as we have been able? That is the space that Lent holds for us. To let that truth sink in. And so we need it every single year. Because we forget. We forget that we're lovable. We forget that we have the power to get in the way of some of this. And we need a reminder to be able to open ourselves up to the story of salvation once again. But friends, in addition to this, the hidden lesson of Lent 
is that we, and we want, it's, a, it's a hidden lesson that we are not always eager to find, is that often as we become aware of our own lovableness and we become aware of the ways in which God loves us, we discover ironically that love can awaken pain. And perhaps if any of you have been on a road where you have been acutely aware of your own belovedness, you've probably also experienced some degree of pain that has gone alongside of that. That is so hard. The prophet Isaiah that we read earlier today and the teaching from Jesus about fasting reminds us that as we hear these words of love, that it can and it almost certainly will always awaken some degree of pain. Perhaps we will become aware of moments that have been lost. We will become acutely aware of the remembrance of our own failings. The deep tragedies that have now been seared into our history, perhaps personal tragedies or otherwise. As our hearts begin to open to the story of love, so they open to the ways that we start to recognize the ways in which that we have lashed out and that others have lashed out upon us. The ways in which we have been silenced and the ways in which we have inadvertently silenced others. The ways in which our failures to love have made their mark on history over and over and over again. Mine too. And so as we receive our ashes tonight, we not only have the invitation to remember our own mortality, we have the opportunity to remember that because Jesus chose to be made known in mortality, every single part of us can be renewed and restored and healed. There is no irredeemable part of us, and there is no part of us that the salve of love cannot touch. It simply doesn't exist. The oil and the water that Jesus talks about in his teaching that we read in the Gospel of Matthew are not put there in order to increase our pain, but as a way to reframe that story of pain so that we lean into hope while we also recognize the human story of pain that surrounds us. So in the process of salvation, we recognize that pain will in fact come. It will. There's no way around it. But so will the gladness of oil and water. Should we choose to shun the pain, so we choose to shun the gladness. As we come forward tonight to receive our ashes, we are going to be doing something in addition to the marking of the ashes. There will be a station at the front where that will indeed take place. Um, but then there's also going to be a station on the side where if you want to receive healing prayer, um, that that's something that you can move into. We're not quite ready for that part within our service, but when it comes, I'll help you to understand more about that. But what I want us to sit with tonight is that this story of mortality is not one about fear, but about healing.
Let's pray. Gracious God, for this story of healing, we give you thanks. And as we make our way down the road to salvation, help us not to do so with fear and trembling, but by opening ourselves up to love, even through the pain. We ask this in your name. Amen.